0: Lovely to have you all here. Please do keep popping in the chat box where you're from or dialing in from. It's great to see so many of you. Um, Welcome to tonight's event. My name is Sophie and I am the founder of Women's Rights. We are an online book club and book subscription service that focus on elevating the voices of women. So we discuss only books by women authors and we host two to three events a week. And these range from book clubs to quizzes to author events like this to Instagram lives. Um, so we've got it all going on and you can see all of the details for that on our social media and our website. I'm really pleased that we're working with the European Union Prize for Literature, and I am going to quickly call out Jasmina and let her introduce um, the EUPL and what they do, if she's alright with that?
1: Yeah, sounds good to me, if, if you can hear me. We can. Lovely. Uh, Yeah, so the EUPL um, aims to promote emerging fiction writers from uh, 41 countries that are part of the Creative Europe Programme. And we organize this in a three year cycle. So each year we award authors from 13 countries, well, 14 in the final year. Um, And our first edition was hosted in 2009. Um, And then thus far, we recognize um, 135 authors through 12 editions. Um, And we aim to promote, um, you know, the authors and their great works um, and enable them through translations uh, to reach a wider audience uh, beyond linguistic and cultural borders of um, their countries. Um, And our 2020 winners were announced uh, in May, um, and Lana is one of them. Um, And what I really like and I'm super excited about today's event is that on the other hand, we also have Raquel um, who won the award back in 2010. So it's it's this um, difference, I guess. So I'm really looking forward um, to hearing from them what they've been up to. Um, so yeah. Brilliant,
0: thank you so much, Jasmina. So yes, as Jasmina mentioned, we have two utterly fantastic women here with us this evening. And I'm just gonna do a short introduction to them. So first we have Lana Bastetis, Which, um, who is a Yugoslav born writer. She majored in English and holds a master's degree in cultural studies. She has published two collections of short stories, one book of children's stories and one of poetry. Catch the Rabbit, her first novel, was published in Belgrade in 2018. It was shortlisted for the 2019 NIN award and was translated into Catalan and Spanish in 2020. In 2016, she co-founded Escola Bloom in Barcelona and she now co-edits the school's literary magazine Candela. de Cat. She is one of the creators of the Three Plus Three Sisters Project, which aims to promote women writers of the Balkans. Raquel Martina Gomez was born in La Mancha. She has published four novels. Sombras de Unicornio has been awarded with the, prize, with the European Union Prize for Literature, the Young Antonio de Sevilla Award, and has been translated into eight languages. Currently she is living in the mountains of Madrid where she finished her sixth novel about, Mexican, about an, a Mexican archaeologist, a new book of poems and a book of short stories. She has a PhD in international relations and an MA in modern and com, contemporary literature, culture and thought. She combines her writing with her work specializing in the field of sustainable development. Thank you so much for being here, both of you. It's lovely to have you. Thank you for inviting us. So how have you both found lockdown? Where have you been based whilst in lockdown the last few months? Lana, I know we were discussing your kind of (laughs) situation. Yeah, I found
2: myself uh, in in Zagreb, which ironically is the, the city that I was born in. Uh, but I never really lived there, and then the the borders were shut, and I had to stay there for three months and uh, somehow I found myself in in writers' apartments uh, including <laughs> including the apartment of the one and only the greatest one, dubravka Kobreschitz, which which is a famous creation writer uh, but uh, but it was very strange to be a guest during quarantine and uh, I'm happy to be back in Belgrade now.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. Mm-hmm. How about you, Raquel? Where were you based? I think. Yes, first of all, I want to
3: I I, li- I would like to say thank you to Rem- women's rights and the International and European Bookseller Federation and and I would like also to express my, my gratitude to the to the Europe for all the work that the European Union Prize for Literature has been doing all this year, no? Because uh, as as you said. I won the prize (laughs) 10 years ago. So, Um, but but about my lockdown, uh, I I was fine, but I have to say that I have had some kind of uh, contradictory feelings uh, because on one hand I was um, happy because I I want to focus on a lot of time in, in in my writing and nearly, and finished uh, the first draft of a new novel and the, the Book of Poetry. But uh, on the other hand, I, I was wor- worried, to be honest. No, I, I was worried because, uh, for, of course, for the, for the crisis and, and because a lot of people have died, to, uh, but also because uh, we as a human, we are not still enough concerned about what is happening with the environment and It's not the only threat. <laughs> so uh, the, the rise of fascism, the the growth of inequalities. You no, know? so I think is uh, there are a lot of uh, things, in, in, um, and I am worried. No, because uh, and I, I don't think a vaccine can can solve all these problems. No, and now we need more. and And I would like to say that. More than a vaccine, of course, we need a uh, healthcare, but we also need a culture, no, and uh, a, a literature, because it's the only is a kind of antidote against fundamentalism, and it helps a lot to to change our mind in order to have um, another system of consumption, of production, and everything, and all of uh,
0: all of these things. So, yes, I, I am worried, definitely, I'm worried about that. Yeah, totally, and I imagine that it's been so hard because so many people we've seen have done all these and I don't know about you but I've had friends posting on Facebook being like oh I've just completed three months of doing perfect workouts and cooking perfect dinners and (laughs) applying for loads of x y and z extra work that I can do and I've just kind of been like I've survived I've got (laughs) it. we made it to the end um I haven't been that productive I've just existed for three months in stress um so yeah I can imagine it's that kind of on the one side really wanting to write and then on the other side, like Lana, how did you find whilst you were kind of sofa surfing, did you did you manage to do any writing or were you quite kind of creatively blocked by the situation?
2: I think this was the first time in my life that I had a, a proper writer's block. Uh, I've never had any problems writing before and I was trying to understand why this was happening to me and I think because I was in Zagreb, not only did we have the, the lockdown, but also a terrible earthquake that that just destroyed the city. Uh, so there was like a lot of reality going on for me to sit down and have the privilege to invent stories. Uh, and, and I prefer fiction. I write fiction. So I, I think for the first time in, a, in my life, I realized what a privilege writing is. Just to have your desk not shaking <laughs> and uh so so it was really tough and then i also thought you know what i'm not gonna go for this capitalist tyranny of use your time wisely be productive i'm just gonna i think just surviving this and just having like a healthy state of mind is enough uh so i'm not worried about not having worked as much as i could have uh but uh but yeah i just it made me think a lot
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think Raquel, going back to what you said, it's kind of really shown the kind of social disparities that we have in society with some groups being affected a lot worse than others. And like you say, kind of that climate injustice. um, And they're kind of saying now it's come out of the more we mess with the environment that we live in, the more we're going to have viruses like this. Um, Is this something that you find really feeds your writing and what you write about? Yeah. Is for
3: me? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, yes. I think. Um, uh, yes. It depends on the novel, but I, I my studies in international relations, my curiosity about who is ruling the world, and also my work in international cooperation, uh, I, I has influenced my my literary work, of course. So, yeah. Yes. One of my novels is very focused on on environmental issues is uh, Ashes of I It was published in Uruguay. And all these things, uh, savage capitalism, uh, uh, patriarchal society, (laughs) uh, the the exploitation of health uh, resources, and also the religious cultural uh, fundamentalism is like a kind of backdrop in the novel. So, yes, definitely this uh, subject impacts uh, my, this in, my, in my novel, in the, in the literature. Mm,
0: yeah. How about you, Lana? Where does your inspiration for your writing kind of come from, or what kind of informs that for you?
2: Well, I guess um, uh, I come from Bosnia, which on its own is uh, quite inspiring. I actually, I wish... I I work from a from a, a less interesting country. <laughs> I have a friend who is also a great writer from Canada, and she's like, well, you you can always go back to those stories from Bosnia. And I told her, I told her I wish I I couldn't do that, uh, but yeah, it's still very much a divided society. Uh, all of these uh, things that Raquel also mentioned, uh, which is how our identities and and, uh, everyday lives are influenced by something that happened uh, decades ago that my generation um, haven't really witnessed firsthand, but we are living the consequences. And at the same time, trying not to be prisoner to this narrative. Like Bosnians always have to write about the war. (laughs) <laughs> like we want to we want to write about other things too but the consequences are always there it's very hard um uh, to to not be aware of them and uh i guess for me also the fact that Bosnian and Balkans, as general uh, in general are still a very sexist society very patriarchal like we've had this strange transition where you get the McDonald's's and you get the starbucks but you don't get emancipation so it's mm-hmm. it's uh it's really um, quite interesting to observe as a writer uh and try to comment on and then also of course uh all the other writing uh that uh, I, I i really like i enjoy reading it's my number one uh mm-hmm. favorite activity so i guess all of these things combined
0: yeah. yeah and that's really interesting because one thing that I've kind of really come across through women's rights and talking to writers, particularly female writers, is did that then have an impact on how easy you maybe found it to become a published writer in your country? And did that journey kind of was that a bit more bumpy than maybe some like a man's journey, for example?
3: Mm-hmm. Yes, I I I don't know if that's impacting in into in, in being a, a publisher, a writer, but of course, uh, being a, ra- a woman writer um, is something that you have to uh, be very aware, no? Because uh, impact, for example, um, I am feminist, no? So, and that is impact, uh, impacting my writing, but um, I also, I, I I have also concern about uh, what happened with, um, uh, with my reading, because uh, most of us, even the women writers, uh, uh, have read more men than women, no? So, and that is imp- But it's important to be aware because probably when I was 20, uh, uh, I didn't realize about that, no. And so now I am concerned. I try to read more women, and and also I think that that uh, that I think that as a woman writer you can do some kind of transgression that are very, are necessary perhaps, for example, in, in the process of narration, you can use, um, uh, so you can use a point of view or uh, some character or the uh, the sensibility to, to narrate uh, uh, subjects such as um, maternity or paternity, no? So I think, um, you can do uh, little things and also, at least in Spanish, it's very important, the use of language. So I, I suppose you have read uh, Adrienne Ritz and uh, she has a, a beautiful essay about when we did awaken. Uh, she talks about the, ne- the, the necessity to, to do the, for women, a, that this, it is a necessity to do some kind of a revision of, well, no so i think this is imp- language is very important and to be um, um and as women writer doing that kind of translation for me is important because i feel more comfortable doing that
0: mm. yeah definitely i um i think that i so uh, there was one thing that i found out when i was at uni for example is um that historically a lot of translators, particularly of women's writing and feminist writing, they'd leave out bits and pieces of the book that they considered too feminist or kind of too, uh, female in them. And I thought that was really interesting that kind of, there was that opportunity to either cut out what women were saying or the women themselves felt like in their language, they had to censor themselves, Mm -hmm. um, to be more palatable, to kind of, everyone. Um, Lana, is that something that you think about when you're writing kind of particularly as a woman? Is that something that's really conscious in your mind?
2: Well, uh, I mean, I always go back to to what Virginia Woolf wrote about killing the Phantom. And of course she did that, I mean, wrote about that like, what, a hundred years ago. (laughs) And I I still feel like the Phantom is there. Uh, I feel like here, and I'm talking about the Balkans, we have fixed the issue on the surface of things. So like you would maybe include a number of women here or there, but actually from the the bottom up, we haven't dealt with, with the problem. So for example, growing up in Bosnia, as a, as a little girl, I wasn't even aware that I could become a writer because there were no women writers on the classroom walls, there were no women writers in our you know, textbooks, there were no book launches by women writers, so I didn't even know that was an option. Uh, and then also, I grew up in a, in a society where little girls are constantly being told, uh, we, we have this idiom, I don't even know how to translate, it's terrible, but like, um, like Excuse my French, but don't be a smart ass. Like if if a girl talks too much she like just okay, enough. You know, it's, so you're constantly being silenced, and how do you develop a voice in a society that's telling you that your voice is always uh, kind of uh, uh, something like like too much or 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 uh, or annoying? Uh, so this is difficult. But then on the other hand, I also realized what Raquel was uh, talking about is that the canon is so masculine that I grew up reading men, so that the idea of a literary theme for me, was never my own experience. And actually, even uh, you mentioned the the NIN Award, which is the biggest award in Serbia. Uh, Even the women, I think in 60 years or so, only five women have won that award. And even they wrote about men. Mm -hmm. So the question is not just whether we have more women writers, the question is also, what do we consider literary themes and topics? Is our experience literary? Or is it immediately chick lit? Mm. If I write about female friendship, why is that not liter- literary, you know? Um, so these are all the things that we also have to deal with here, do you know? kill the phantom in your head and not just uh, on the surface of things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I definitely have a thing with calling out when people go, oh, that's women's fiction. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> what is women's fiction when it's at home? Like, is it, is it cause it's written by a woman or is it cause it's seen as domestic, but surely the domestic is kind of one of the clearest portals into the society that we live in, which is a reflection of politics. It's, it's the most political kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I totally take that point.
3: I, I wrote a novel inspired in a, in a an experience, I, I work in, in, or I spent time in a in a library in, in, of a dead dead um, spanish writer and and in this novel uh, this this when when I started to to stay in contact with the with the house and, and everything because his widower asked me to do in some kind of of compilation of her documents and I accepted this job and um and I accepted the, the, the this job, and you know uh, a lot of uh, writers a lot of critics talk about about her if as if her uh, was uh, wrote like a man, so this is worse because if you are a very good writer you you do wrote like a man no so it's it's terrible mm. well, of course it was a agreements uh, it, it was in the franquism dictatorship in the in the 40s and uh, 50s in spain so yeah. yes and, and it, i i agree with you so it's 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 terrible but at the same time it's terrible if if we if we try to compare uh, our writing with a man writer if we are very well uh, if we do fine writing no so it's
0: yeah. terrible yes yeah, absolutely. And I think at the moment in particular, um, we're seeing that real intersection come out with kind of the Black Lives Matter movement and making sure that we diverse shelves not just in gender, but in kind of sex, age, religion, all of this and kind of really taking a look at it. But like you say, like for the first time in the UK, we've had a black British author, female author top the charts and it's kind of 2020. Why is it the first time? that we're accepting words by black authors and kind of enjoying that. But again, it's like you say, Raquel, it's not just, we hold them to our standards. That's not how we should be reading them. We should be reading them as their own kind of literary fantasticness that they are um, and kind of celebrating that. So I find that really fascinating. And I kind of wanted to ask you about when your books are translated, kind of your involvement in that, because I can imagine there's a real kind of essence in every book that, through translation you have to try and maintain or do you find that quite a difficult process I don't know if Lana you want to go first about kind of talking about that translation process I mean I know that you're both multilingual so <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: yeah I mean um, it's it's really it was really strange for me because what I did well, once I had my first draft no publisher <laughs> people not Replying to my emails, not reading anything. Uh, I sat down. I was in Barcelona and I translated the whole book into English, my English, which isn't perfect, just to be able to share it with friends who could maybe give me feedback. And obviously nobody speaks Serbo-Croatian. <laughs> so. Uh, And then I realized, I mean, translating your own book is like trying to lick your own elbow, like you're the closest person to it, but you can't do it, you know, it's it's terrible. But, uh, but I realized like, wow, it's like just starting from the title which like the rabbit and the hare in my language is the same word. And for me, this was really important, this identity crisis. And then with English, I have to choose. <laughs> so it's like, okay, here we go. The title wrong, <laughs> you know, everything kind of. But then I realized that uh, it also helped me see w- which things about the story are maybe universal and you don't have to necessarily understand the context, the political context uh, to, to maybe find some of your own experience in this friendship and this road trip. Uh, but of course, a lot of it was lost. And on the other hand, I didn't want to do this kind of dumbing down that thing going on with world liter- literature, whatever that is, uh, this idea of, well, I don't know how to translate this into English, so I'm gonna change it in the original, which is something that I hate. No, this, this name is too difficult to pronounce for English readers, so I'm gonna change it. And then you can see how literature like the fabrics of, of, of contemporary literature is changing because we are thinking about English translation. So I was also trying to, to avoid this, but uh, now having the experience with Spanish and Catalan readers, because those two translations are out, uh, I'm really happy to see how they find certain things in the book that maybe readers around here don't see because they focus on something else. So I don't know about you, Raquel, I mean, you, you've
3: well, <laughs> had much more experience with <laughs> publishing in yes. letters. But this is amazing. Uh, you can translate your own books, but in my case, uh, the only, I, I just get, got involved uh, trying to reading, for example, when Peter Bass, uh, uh, Peter Bus translates into English, uh, as her a story, so part of my, of my unicorn saddle novel, so I try to to read carefully, and as as I use a lot of uh, words that uh, are from Latin America because Latin America is important in all my literature. I think I just one one novel that is just uh, set in in Europe, but the rest of the novel are are set in. In, in Mexico, in Argentina, in Uruguay, etc. So, so um, I, I, my experience is uh, yes, for example, when he translated um, the name of a neighborhood and it translated literally, literally, or sometimes the names of, of some th- trees. So, I have to have. And I would like, if I can read, uh, in, in, for example, in English or in Portuguese or, or French, I like to do that. But of course, if 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 my book is translated is is uh, was uh, ha, has been translated into uh, uh, Albanian or. Or, or, or even worse, in, in a Cyrillic uh, language, no, such as Bulgarian, something like that. It's impossible. Anyway, it's it's nice to to have this in your living room, and with Cyrillic, uh, but no. So, but but I try to to do some kind of of review because, for example, um, the title of of one of my short stories was Nebulosa de Ciudad in Spanish. So. Uh, the, the first translation uh, 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 was translated as uh, uh, "city haze," so but it's not "city haze"; it's "city nebula, nebula" because same all the meaning of the of the word. So I like to do that because uh, translation is a very hard work; it's very difficult, and sometimes if you if you are translating into a language like a, a Spanish. Then it's not just Spanish from Spain. It's Spanish from Uruguay, Argentina, uh, Chile, <laughs> uh, Nicaragua. A lot of countries. You ha- you need you have to. It's necessary to have all these register, no? all these words. And and I and I know for a for a translator, it's very difficult. So he he, he, uh, he Peter Peter was is a very good translator and he lived a lot on time like you, uh, Lana, in Barcelona, but uh, sometimes it's impossible to translate uh, uh, some words uh, from Mexican, uh, Spanish language. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, and I mean, there are some problems, like my language is really heavily gendered. And in in Serbian or Croatian, if you say, um, I went there, you have to see differently, whether it's a woman speaking or a man. So uh, all of these things, were things that I wanted to play with in the novel are completely lost in, in, in different languages and other things. But then sometimes happy accidents happen too. And I like how books change from one edition to another and one translation to another. So that's also a story. So. Mm.
0: How um, closely do you work with your translators? Do you kind of get a say in... I know when you win the prize, you kind of get a translation done or a few. How closely do you work with that translator? Who's gonna? ana <laughs> <laughs> please?
2: Uh, okay, well, um, I've worked... So far I've worked with uh, my Catalan and Spanish translator, which is the same person, Santis Farre. Uh, who is Valencian so that was also interesting uh, and I mean I was lucky enough to be able to read the text uh, so I could work with him and he had a lot of questions uh, so that was really interesting but it also helped me see certain shortcomings or certain things that maybe like when you're writing in your own language you don't see them because it's it, like your mother tongue is such an internal thing. It's sometimes mm-hmm. things escape you. And when you're looking at a, a foreign language, then you notice all the superfluous things like <laughs> like like this adjective, I don't need this adjective. This is, what is this? What am I even saying here? So actually working with translators, I feel like that made me a better writer because it, it helped me see my mistakes better.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely the same happened with me. With, with I read my own yeah. Spanish writing and say, okay, if if in English you don't need any a lot of adjectives. So sometimes uh, it's happened just with my English uh, translator. No, with the others because I can understand. But um, because the, yes, the other language, most of them are from the Balkanic area. So <laughs> I'm going to do in the future, but not by now. I can't understand. But and uh, yes, um, the same happened with me. I tried to, when I uh, read my translation, I can feel that probably my first draft and my first writing in Spanish would be better. So this is amazing. It's a very good experience for a writer. And yes, most of them, yes, I, I am far away. But I have some experience about, uh, after my translation, for example, uh, I met my Albanian translator because four uh, four years ago I was invited to Tirana, uh, and it was an amazing experience. So you you know what? Well, because I really like I, I really appreciate say, appreciate this invitation because I am, I feel very well with the publisher, you know, the Albanian publisher, and the and the translator. All of them women are a, 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 a very good team, and I I really happy and spend. A couple of days with them, but it was a very, really good experience. You know, this is a place that I have never be, be, been before, and mm-hmm. probably I, I, it, was, it wasn't in my plan, but now say they are amazing countries, no? The, the, all your area, uh, Alana, and, and, and I'm reading your book, uh, Catch the Rabbit, that I would I like to deeply recommend all of you. So I, I was very excited uh, with this trip from Mostar to Vienna. So it was amazing. Yes, I really really like uh, you, you you The narration is very heavy. I, I I can find a very heavy voice. So and I, and and of course war is in the backdrop, but it's still there. And and yes, I really really like your your writing. And Thank you. I the translator as well. So the translator, I suppose, is very good because uh, in Spanish it it's, it's a very good translate uh, translation. Yeah, I'm I'm really happy. I mean, he did a, a great job, and um
2: yeah. But then there are some, I guess, languages that I won't be able to check, and I just have to trust that <laughs> the message gets across, and that's
0: it. I love that, and I love that kind of the way you described it. Made you sound like your writing is taking you to places. Physically, you've actually gone to Albania and you've published, but also through the writing and through the reading, you've gone to these countries that some of us never get a chance to go to. I think that's really beautiful with writing. Um, How much research do you put into a novel and kind of how long does that process take you? Lana, let's go back to you and answer that one. Well, I, I'm sure that can can
2: uh, talk in more detail about this because I've already written one novel, but <laughs> uh, uh, thinking about that, I guess um, it was more of a, like I had an outline and I had maps and I had things that were helping me, but a lot of it was also my experience growing up as a little girl in Bosnia. So it wasn't a kind of novel where I'm writing about a totally different place, totally different time and I have to put in a lot of research. But right now I'm writing something different and now I actually have to do a lot of research. So it's, it's, uh, it's much harder. Uh, but yeah, for, for, for this novel, it was just a bit of like fact-checking. Um, I don't know, this thing was bombed in this year and the girls are 12 around that time. So it was more of this kind of mapping out my, my timeline. Uh, and once I had that, I mean, I know it doesn't sound romantic, but I really don't believe in these writers that just sit down, everything just pours out. You know, I take opium and then things just pour out. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't happen. Honestly, my advice is have an outline. It's just-
0: Well, structured, it, it,
2: And then of course, you can, you can work around it. You don't have to follow it. Maybe you go somewhere completely different from what you planned, but- uh, but at least when you sit down to write, you're thinking, okay, I'm working on this part now, and it was really helpful, and it, I managed to finish a novel thanks to that. So yeah, structure
0: outline. one. Yeah. <laughs> I love that, I love that so much. Raquel, How? what's your writing style? How do you come to write a novel? Oh, yes, I, I think
3: uh, every, each novel is uh, an adventure, no, because it depends, so, uh, I I think it's one of uh, of my novel uh, had a different very different process, no. Uh, so of course the the last novel and I the last the last novel and I wrote uh, now I am correcting so it's not uh, published yet. It's unpublished yet. Um, I did a lot of uh, research, and when I thought I I it was finished, I realized. It's not <laughs> so I have to work very hard uh, but uh, I, I spent uh, four years more or less to finish a novel of course I combined my my writing with my work in the, uh, sustainable development and sometimes I need to, to have some sabbatical lives in order to to finish uh, right but yes it depends on the novel so in, in in this gap, memory gap was a uh, previous experience in woman and a civil war and the franco uh, um, it, it's a kind of i related that with the that one d'alana said before no uh, for spanish people and for people of my generation it's too easy to, to, to have in mind the Frankism and the fact in the women life and everything No, it's, it's impossible. So at least one of my novels <laughs> is about that. So, but other, for example, in, in the last one, I met the, uh, uh, a man, the, the son of the, the, these archeologists, so the Mexican archeology, and he started to talk about his dad and I say, ah, this is my novel, so it's different. And then of course, after that, I have, as he is a, a real person, he's a historical person, I had to do a lot of research. And I, and I uh, also need to do more, but it
0: depends on the novel. Yeah, and I can imagine that, even though it may be a fiction piece, there are certain historical moments where you're like, I should probably get that right I should probably include that (laughs) knowing there'll be history buffs reading it going that didn't happen then (laughs) yeah
2: but I mean on the other hand uh I was I was very uh careful with the timeline the war starting the war finishing etc but uh I don't really care about geography. So uh, that much, like for me, because for me, the idea of the, the city the the town that I'm describing, their hometown, is more of, a, a, of this emotional map uh, that somebody carries uh, within her. And then maybe even doesn't remember it well. Uh, but there was like a reader, <laughs> I one, had uh, one book event, and this guy asked me, where is this house exactly? <laughs> and I said, I don't know, if you find it, tell me, but I I don't care where the house is. And I mean, going back to Virginia Wolf, it reminded me of uh, her answer, because there was some, gent- she called him a gentleman, uh, who was criticizing to the lighthouse, because a certain kind of, I don't know, type of tree doesn't grow in Cotland or whatnot um, and then she she, uh, she said thank you for your uh, botanist insight and I hope you can do the same with Orlando because uh, like I, I don't care what trees grow here I'm trying yeah. to tell something
0: important. Yeah absolutely and I suppose I always find with fiction A lot of the time, it's less the storyline that I necessarily remember. It's more the feeling that I got whilst I was reading that story is what makes a book really stand out to me. And like you say, you don't have to have a real town with a real house exactly where it says it is to be able to capture that feeling of what it must have been like growing up during a war or kind of being the son of or being an archaeologist or whatever it is that you're writing about. Um, which I really like. I realize I'm chatting away to you and we still have questions to get through. So I'm going to pop it in. If you've got a question, raise your hand on the little function um, or pop it in. I love that. I invented a full week of clear skies in Scotland in autumn. That's (laughs) definitely fiction because that does not happen. Um, Anna, I will pass that over to you. You should be able to talk. Should unmute you.
4: Hello. Hello, can you hear me?
0: Yes. yes.
4: Okay, great. Um, I've got a question for Lana because I have uh, written a book of short stories in English and I'm hoping to translate it myself to into Swedish. I was just wondering how long it took you to translate your book.
2: Yeah, well, it was quite a long time. Uh, but I think it's gonna be easier for you because the languages belong to the same language family. For yeah. me, for me, it was quite a leap. Sometimes I had to change a whole structure of a sentence. Uh, and um, I don't know what your level of Swedish is, but I'm, I'm sure it's, it's good enough. You're, you're, you feel confident enough. Uh, but yeah, I, was, uh, I think it, it took, uh, it was almost a year, uh, and, but it, it was a rough, Translation, and then I had another person, a native speaker, go through it, revise it, etc. And now I'm, thanks to this amazing award, <laughs> uh, and, and all the translations that uh, and translation offers that I received, now I'm actually working with an English editor uh, to to make it readable, I guess, and just to make sure nothing is off for uh, for uh, an English reader. Uh, So yeah, but uh, I was doing it also then, uh, kind of doing this kind of Charles Dickens thing for my friends in Barcelona, which is I would translate a a chapter, give it to them. (laughs) And that was translate another chapter, give it to them. So it was like a serialized (laughs) novel for a while. Um, But I think a a year uh, of work, I was was working at a time. Uh, I think you can do it in, in less time if you're only doing that.
4: I mean, it, it's, it's going to be an experiment, but I'm, uh, I am Swedish originally, but I'm very rusty. So, um, I will probably need some help, but I just thought it, it's so unusual that someone says they've translated their own work, so I thought I'd, I'd ask. It's a great exercise
2: and uh, be prepared to not like yourself as a writer, like <laughs> when you look at yourself as a translator. Uh, from that uh, standpoint, you're going to be like, oh what is this? Why that?" So maybe it actually helps you if you if you have the the chance to change certain things to improve them. I think it's definitely going to be useful.
4: I mean, part of my worry is that I might rewrite the whole thing, but I'll try not to do that. Which is <laughs> <Just> fine. <laughs> Thank you very much.
0: Thanks. Wow, and actually, that reminds me because you both write short stories as well as or. Of shorter fiction as well as the longer fiction. Um, how does your process necessarily differ between the two and also do you have a preference out of interest? Raquel, do you have a preference for shorter or kind of the longer novels, having written both kind of quite a lot? I
3: probably prefer novels but, I, but sometimes I need to write sorry stories. Because you know when a theme, a subject, came into your head, so sometimes you feel it's just for a short story. No, it's not for a long story. But in, just in a in a case uh, happened uh, to me that uh, a, a, a stories start like a short stories and then became in a in a novel. So mm-hmm. in the last one. So yes, uh, but uh, uh, I like both but probably i prefer poetry okay (laughs) but i haven't published yet poetry but i from my 18 years old i I wrote my first uh, poem when i was uh, six years old and then carry on uh, uh, writing poetry all my life but i haven't uh, published i don't I, i don't know why but i yes but Poetry is very difficult. It's not, mm. I'm going to write poetry. <laughs> so for example, this year for my, uh, for my feelings and my emotional process, uh, I feel the necessity to ro- to write again again uh, poetry. And for this reason, I, I finished uh, this book. But yes, I have probably five or six
0: books uh, of poetry unpublished yet. Um, <laughs> yeah and Lana do you write poetry as well well um
2: honestly I've I've written one I've published one uh collection of poems but they're so narrative <laughs> I don't even see them as poetry I definitely think I, I'm a fiction writer I read a lot of poetry I think it's very important for writers to read poetry but uh the kind of poetry that I admire I just don't think I'm <laughs> that. Uh, I just, I like to tell stories. And actually to me, I would say that the short story is my favorite genre. Uh, and uh, I love writing short stories. And now I'm working on a book of short stories. And I wrote a novel because the, the topic was just too broad for a short story. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to do too many things. And, and I don't know, for me, like, I think, I think it was cortata who said that a short story is like a is supposed to be like a like a, like a bowl. It's like supposed to be perfect, whereas a novel is more of a city structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love the fact that you have to cut everything out. It has to be like brushed and polished, and really do your best. And it's really difficult to write a good. I've written a lot of bad short stories, <laughs> but uh, it's really difficult to write a good one. So for me. It, I wish that genre were more popular <laughs> than it is. Yeah, definitely. Uh, when I told my agent that I'm writing another collection of short stories, he was like, oh, "Okay, if you have to, you know." <laughs> but, uh, but for me, it's, it's definitely my favorite thing.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. I recently um, discovered flash fiction, which I'm just baffled that someone can make me feel so emotive in 500 words. Even that's all it takes for them to have written something that just kind of connects and that I'm instantly kind of, in, and I just think that skill is phenomenal. Have you read uh, Lydia Davis? No, I haven't, but I would have ha- to. Yeah, Lydia Davis, I mean, she
2: can have a like a, a one sentence story. Uh, there's this collection, Can't and Won't. Um, I think it's Penguin, but I'm not sure. Uh, I'm, I, I don't know which publisher, but yeah, Lydia Davis. And, and you can read like, 300 of these, and she does something to you. It's incredible for me. She's the master of the genre,
0: definitely. Yeah, I love that. And I imagine that it really does help your writing when you do come to write the longer novels, Um, because you're really thinking about the words that you're putting down onto the paper, I suppose, and kind of considering them, every single one, rather than kind of, oh, I'll go with the flow and see what comes out. You're kind of thinking, oh, I actually have to be really consciously like that word. yeah i really like that (laughs) uh no for me it
2: helped me approach my novel like another piece of advice that i mean you're writing a novel, you cannot sit down i couldn't sit down thinking i'm writing a novel because then i would be paralyzed i would sit down thinking i'm writing a scene or like i'm writing a chapter and i'm going to approach this chapter as kind of a short story so it can work around its own topic and that helped me uh, and then I, at, at one point I was done. I was like,
0: wow, look, in you novel. Know. <laughs> so, yeah, it definitely helps. Yeah, that kind of breaking it down. Yeah, if anyone else does have any other questions, raise your hands, otherwise I will just keep asking because I've got all the questions. Um, now that you've, oh, we've got Anna back. Anna, go for it. I'll let you talk.
4: I'm back again. Uh, I've got a question for Raquel this time i was just curious about uh, what your interest uh, in latin america is and what's the inspiration there have you spent time there or
3: mm-hmm. yes yes uh, yes i i lived ten, uh, around 10 years in latin america 10 years in uruguay two in mexico and then yes i traveled around i i studied in 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 argentina in cuba so yes, a uh, part of my work in in the, uh, sustainable development and international cooperation was there, and I focus on part of my studies in international relations. So it's one of my passions. So I am uh, I I really like uh, uh, the, the the continent. No, uh, uh, Eduardo Galeano, a uh, Uruguan writer wrote that when Cristobal Columbus um, uh, uh, arrived to America more than 500 years ago, uh, the, the indigenous people talk, talk conscience about who, uh, who they are. So something similar occurs to me, but in an opposite way. Uh, I, I, I took conscience about my own culture when I, I uh, took contact with the, the wealth culture of, of America and, and it's, it's, it's part of my inspiration in my novel. So my first novel that I wrote, I finished when I was 24 years and I put in a drawer. It is, it is a still in a drawer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's set in Cuba. The second one is set in, between, in, in Mexico. And the third one is in, in Argentina. Is set in Argentina and in Mexico. In all of them, uh, 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 Europe is also present, but, um, uh, it is, uh, but it's, uh, I, I try to do a kind of bridge because it's my na- uh, nature, no, it's, mm, it's my feeling, a kind of bridge between Latin America and Europe. So, as I said before, just yes, one of my novels is just set in Europe, but the rest, uh, it's very important. In the last one, that that uh, the the that one, and I now correcting. So it's um, yeah, set in Paris in the first uh, in the in the World War One, and then in Cuba in the twenties, and then uh, in Mexico at the time of uh, Lázaro Cárdenas president, and that was a, a moment that the country. Embrace a lot of uh, refugees. Yes, so uh, Latin America is is present in my novels and my passion. But be is because it's also part of my life.
4: So this. Mm. Me encanta eso. Tengo que buscar tus libros porque <laughs> viví varios años en México. Ah, uh,
3: no. But I, I wanted think... to
4: carry on in English because. Uh, yes,
3: no, otherwise... I... <laughs> So I prefer speaking Spanish, but yes, I, I do it my best. But anyway, uh, yes, Mexico definitely is the, is the heart of my literature, oh, 19, uh, because, because sometimes you, you do, do write uh, about what is unknown to to, to you, no? Not only uh, what, uh, which is, uh, which you know very well. So I, I like to learn with my writing. So sometimes, uh, for example, I, I, I went to a study to the National University in Mexico and I started to write, I started to, yes, it was, it was my, it was my, it was my second process of creation was to understand the country and the culture and the background, so,
4: yes. Muchas gracias.
0: Muchas gracias. Ah, de nada. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love
4: i all here for
0: it. So I think, um, I think, um oh, I've got an echo now, I don't know if everyone's hearing that, but yes. Um, I noticed the time, and so I'm going to ask you both kind of the question that I ask all of our authors um, at the end of our sessions, uh, and Manny, you've already given away so much advice, that you're going to have to come up with some more, um, but it is to what your advice would be to someone who maybe is just starting their journey to becoming a writer, and who maybe is kind of a bit lost and a bit unsure of what to do. Um, Raquel, I don't know if you want to go first? I I still lost, so (laughs) I I still need uh, some advice,
3: but yes, I want to try to do uh, some piece of advice. And I think the first uh, is (laughs) a leap, for me it's very important, this is the first. The second, of course, uh, uh, is a topic, but it's necessary to read very good books. Uh, and women as well. <laughs> the, third, the third, advice, piece of advice is to to uh, to focus on your stories. To be patient. Uh, probably this is the fourth. Uh, to be patient, and, and I always use a a metaphor with cooking. You have to cook uh, cook your literature slowly, you no? Know? Cook slowly. Uh, we be him, uh, and 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 I think it's, uh, it's for, at least in my case. It's necessary to to work to to work uh, to work very hard, but also it's necessary to write intuitively. I think in, intuition is is necessary because sometimes intuition is telling us what literature really is and uh, what the sense of literature is and 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 something is something magic because sometimes we can't explain with words what literature is but when you can feel uh, uh, the miracle of literature what when it's happened no something that happened with me when i read the the lana's book so this happens so you can feel uh, more than explain so i i think with Three or four advice is is okay for today. (laughs) Yeah, I like to to listen in very, very, uh, um, uh, very with a lot of my attention, Lana, because I really need more advice. I think, uh, (laughs) Lana.
2: Yeah, I think, Raquel, you could give me more advice because you have more experience. But uh, there are some things that I wish somebody had told me. And uh, one of them is don't take yourself too seriously. Uh, I, I read this great thing that uh, Danilo Kish uh, wrote uh, and he said literature is just another way of saying something. So it's like, yeah, we can romanticize it and sort of and everything, but you're just trying to say something uh, in a different way. And uh, I think when you put it that way, you realize, okay, I'm just gonna say my thing. I'm not taking anybody's place, I think this is exp- Especially important for women writers because I've dealt with a lot of angry men every time I won something there was an angry man who mm-hmm. felt that I took something from him so like you don't we're not taking there's enough spots for everyone so we are not taking anybody's place but also something that I think Paul Oster said the world doesn't owe you anything just because you wrote a book doesn't mean well, just sit down and write it if you have to do it but don't expect things to happen because because then you're always going to be bitter and sad and and not thinking about the text so just say the things that you need to say write bad books write a bad book then maybe you write a good book like it's fine don't put everything in one book all those things and just just try to have fun with it
0: i love that that's fantastic two fantastic women authors. I'm so delighted that you've joined us this evening and thank goodness for the European Union Prize for Literature and Creative Europe for bringing you two into my world and into women's rights, Um, because it's just been so lovely to talk to you and everyone who came along, thank you so much for coming. If you haven't already got their books, go and buy them, they're available in English, definitely, in Spanish, in all the different languages. So yeah, but thank you both of you so much for coming. It's been a pleasure to have you. Thank you Sophie for inviting me. Thank you. Yeah. Well enjoy the rest of your evening everyone. Bye, bye. bye.